16. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who persecute because of who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. First in Matthew chapter 5, and then also in Luke chapter 6. At this point in time, Jesus' ministry is, is really getting into full swing. He has done several different things. He has turned the water into wine at the marriage supper. He has healed a leper. He has caused the blind to see. He has done a number of different things. More importantly, he had been baptized by John the Baptist. We learned a little bit about that in confirmation class today. The Spirit came down on him like a dove. 
The Father spoke from heaven. Great picture of the Trinity, honestly, right there. But it's an interesting thing we see in Luke chapter 4 that actually, and I've mentioned this before, but Jesus then comes up out of the river and goes into the wilderness. Right? That's where he's tempted by the devil. But he goes into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. That's what Luke chapter 4 tells us. So he's in the wilderness, and, and that time takes place. Then he comes out of the wilderness, and, and Luke also tells us that when he comes out of the wilderness, though he went in full of the Holy Spirit, he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Transition time of life happens in the wilderness. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? A lot happens in the wilderness. Doesn't it? It happened to Jesus. If it happened to him, then Lord knows it can happen to me. But that's what happens. He goes in full of the Holy Spirit. And that's a whole sermon series, honestly. But it goes in full of the Holy Spirit. And there's a transition that happens in his life to where he comes out in the power. Then we begin to see this Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus has just gone through all that. He has put himself on display. He has been toe-to-toe -to -toe with the enemy in the wilderness. He has called his disciples. And then he goes to get some alone time up on a mountainside. And guess who follows? The people that he's healed, the people that have gotten to know who he is, his disciples... So it's like, you know, when you go and you want a little bit of alone time, and you go in and you think you have found your hiding spot, but then everybody wants to come talk to you. So the kids are knocking on the door, or they're, <laughs> they're down on the floor, Dad, Dad, shh, you begin talking to yourself, Ian, be very quiet, they will not know you're here, just be quiet. Dad, or somebody just wants to talk. It doesn't have to be your children. It doesn't have to be your grandchildren. It could be some time at work. You just need some alone time. You need some, some time to decompress. But there's always somebody that's wanting to follow you or talk to you. Or there's always band but. Or, you know, I, hey, I just need a few moments. Yeah, but Ian, I got one more thing. Yeah, well, it's always one more thing. But that's Jesus. So he, he's gone through and he's, he's, God is actually putting Jesus on display. And he's calling the disciples who are going to change the world. And Jesus goes up to a mountainside and he sits down just to get a break. And everybody sits around and they all come around him. And there was one thing that I was taught when we were teaching parents in a group home. Every moment is a teaching moment. Every moment is a teaching moment. So Jesus sees the people and he begins to talk. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, because they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, 
because they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they, they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, when they persecute you, when they say false things and all kinds of evil against you because of me. In all of that, rejoice. Be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In other words, you're not alone. I'm going to talk to you about some things that are different. And I'm going to share some things with you that is going to cause you to really chew on. Because remember, he had already done miracles. Jesus had healed the sick, and throughout his ministry, people followed him because anybody that can take a few fish and a couple loaves of bread and feed over 5,000 people, dude, I'm hungry, and I'm following. But what he says here, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Now you can imagine those people who had been fed by Christ and who were following him to continually be fed. Ears perked up when he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Ooh, that's me. For righteousness. Well, hit the brakes. What is that all about? And Jesus goes on to say, For they will be filled. The crowds are following Christ, the disciples have been called, and the Pharisees have begun their question. Who's this man that speaks this blasphemy? No one can forgive sin but God alone. He starts off his sermon by blessed. What does that mean? Blessed are those. What does that mean? Well, I'm blessed. And a lot of us can say that I'm blessed. But here's literally what that word means. It means supreme happiness. Abundantly happy. Supreme happiness. Blessed. Supreme happiness. It also means extremely joyful. And it means incredibly blissful. I'm jealous, Phil. <clears throat> Incredibly blissful. Abundantly happy. Extreme joy. And it, it, it kind of begins to grind our gears at points if we look at that and go... Extremely joyful are the poor in spirit. Because theirs is the kingdom of God. See, oftentimes we look at a blessedness as 
well, I'm blessed. And it could be linked to prosperity. It could be linked to um, our family, a big family. I'm blessed. My family is blessed. Now, I, granted, we all have our cousin Eddie's, right? But oftentimes we look at our family and we can look at family pictures and family albums in and, and, and the past and go, man, I'm, I'm just really, really blessed. Or I have a great job. I really don't have a lot of issues. I don't have a lot of problems that are going on. But what Christ is talking about here, when Jesus is speaking here, he's not talking about physical blessings. You see, the physical is simply a manifestation of what has happened spiritually. Okay? At points we can go, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? But let me just, let me go back to creation for a few moments. So God, when God spoke this earth into existence, God is a spirit, right? God is a spirit and he speaks. And when he speaks from a spiritual standpoint, the physical came into existence. Do you see? So it's like, that's, that's how this spiritual life works, is that... The spirit is manifested in the physical. God speaks and the world came into existence. So what we're talking about here and what Jesus is talking about here is when he said, blessed are the blessed, extremely happy, abundantly joyful is the person who, out of a spiritual context, poor in spirit, Something physical will come. But it has to be initiated spiritually. It's a really interesting look at understanding that the spiritual is what launches the physical into existence. You see, what the, the, the blessedness here that, that Jesus is talking about is... Is having part of the king, kingdom of, Herod, of heaven. It's talking about inheriting the earth. It's talking about being filled to overflowing. Not a full belly, but to overflow. It's being shown mercy. It's about seeing God. It's a great reward. And he mentions for the second time. Having a part of the kingdom of heaven. So our blessedness is within, it's who we are. It's not what we have. It's who you are. You are blessed. But the key to this blessed life is interesting, and it's not even found in this passage. As a matter of fact, it's found in Matthew chapter 4. Because see, when Christ began to speak, one of the first things that he ever said publicly was... Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, I find that very interesting because that's one of the first things that he teaches. But then he all of a sudden he ends up on the Sermon on the Mount and he is telling these people that you have a part of the kingdom of heaven. He starts off by saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then, blessed are the poor in spirit, for you will... Inherit the kingdom of heaven. 
It's a connection. The repentance is about us. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, when I'm talking about repentance, it's not just repent for your sins about Jesus dying on the cross. Yes, that's part of it. The repentance is turning away from your current mindset, walk of life, and pursuing God. The repentance is those things that come across your mind and your heart that you either know that you shouldn't be doing or that is not pleasing to the Lord, asking for forgiveness of those things, and turning and moving on into a restored relationship with God. It's about renewal. Repentance is about restoration. Repentance is putting Him first and not you or me. So these bless, this blessed life that Jesus starts talking about here in Matthew chapter 5, as far as the Sermon on the Mount, is first and foremost about denying you and letting Him move and live within you. As we go through this series, we're going to take each one of these Beatitudes and we're going to break those down. But it all starts with repentance. Now, in, in a lot of church settings, repentance can be looked at as a bad thing. And if you have to repent, then you're a bad person. I have been wrong. I have done wrong. I'm going to have to lay all my stuff out in front of everybody at the altar and all this stuff. You know, it's not about that. See, there's this thing that, that we have in our household with, with our kids that when, when something goes wrong, then there's a time that needs to happen as far as restoration. Okay? So we have this relationship, and we literally do this in our house. It's like we have this connection. And I use these same gestures, but we have this connection. And when something is off, then that connection is, is broken. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't care about you. But it means that there is something that has separated the flow of relationship. Everybody in here knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because it's like if, if you have a good friend and all of a sudden something is said and someone gets offended, you feel the wall. You feel the barrier. And that happens between spouses. That happens between children and parents. That happens between children and grandparents. It can be a number of different things. But that wall is created. And repentance is not a bad thing. It is a very good thing. Because what repentance does is this. Have you ever had a relationship restored? It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And that's what Jesus talks about. He's like, when he starts to say, look, repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here. That means let's get reconnected. 
Let's get reconnected. And the more that we get repent, the more that we repent from, the closer our relationship is. Because it's not about anything other than God trusting us and us trusting God. That we are going to further merge together in our relationship. And when that happens, just like the capacitor we were talking about earlier this morning, it empowers you to become everything that God's designed you to become. No longer are you at bay. Because see, the thing is, is that the way that God has created us and designed us, each one of us individually, is so that we can fulfill the purpose that which he called us. Now God's a pretty big God. So what he designed me to do is far beyond my abilities. Far beyond my abilities. So I need him to become everything that he designed me to become. And if I don't allow that relationship to build and I keep it separated, then I will never do everything that he's designed me to do. But if I lose myself and repent of my sin and allow he and I to get closely and more connected, then the sky's the limit. I am allowed and able to do everything that he's designed me to do. But I have to repent. I have to repent. And so there are things in our lives that we know. And we kind of play it off by, oh, I shouldn't say that, or I shouldn't look at that, or I shouldn't be doing this, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't. You know, if you shouldn't, don't. Stop. Now here's the great thing. You can't stop under your own power. So it's like, uh, Dad, I need, I need help removing this from my life so that I can get closer to you. Can you help me with that? Absolutely, son. I'd love to. So it's this interesting point that we get to be involved with putting ourselves aside and him helping us put ourselves aside and him opening up the doors for our relationship to be restored so that we can live in the blessedness. So that we can live in the blessedness. So it's interesting to look at this and go, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And we think, wow, man, you know, I'm blessed. I've got this and I've got that. And, and come to the realization that it's not about what you have. You are not blessed because of what you have. You're blessed because of who you are. And what you're becoming. Because if we look at what we have, there can come a point in time that everything can be taken away. Job's a prime example. Was Job any less blessed? Because he didn't have? It was because of who he was. And that's who we are. See, we get to be these people of God. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to learn about being poor in spirit. What does it mean to be meek? 
How do we really hunger and thirst after righteousness? It's a good question, isn't it? Being merciful, pure in heart. Am I a peacemaker? Or being persecuted? What does that look like? What does that mean? So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at those things. And we're going to understand even more so and more so what it is to be blessed and to live a blessed life. But the key is to repentance. The key to this is repentance. It's turning. It's turning from where we were and what we did and finding out what God wants from us and being those things. It's a life of submission and surrender. I can't imagine Christ sitting there on this hillside telling all these people these things. And everybody's probably looking at him like he's got lobsters rolling out of his ears. Because what are you talking about? But it's a learning time for us, church. God is taking us to another level. He's taking us deeper. He's taking us closer in a walk with Him. And along with that, there's a high expectation of what He has for us. And all of that, I can jump up and down with my pom-poms and yell, Yay, we get to do this! But we do. But we do. But we're going to be learning. And we're going to be learning a lot over the next couple of weeks, myself included. But God has blessed us, and He has put us in a... In a an amazing position to reach many. To reach many. And if we look around the room and you think of each person who has their own world, their own job, their own life, their own home, their own neighborhood, everywhere where you have a sphere of influence. I can't imagine, honestly, the number of people that are represented here looking at it that way. A lot. And God can open up the doors for us to impact and infect a lot of people. So in all that, we get to do this. We get to do this. And we are blessed. And we are blessed. Father, Lord God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for being among us. Being with us. Father, there is a life that you have for us. That is abundantly joyful. Full of extreme happiness. And it sounds odd to talk about that. Extreme happiness and abundant joy. And all or reading about being persecuted. But God you know. You understand. Father I pray that our hearts. Begin to tune in to further what you're working on us with and how you're teaching us and what you're showing us. Father, give us an understanding of your greatness, of your great love for us. Father, I praise you and I worship you for your loving kindness. Father, we thank you for this day and the wonderful week that you have ahead of us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would please turn in your hymnals to page...